Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences as well as current and long-term goals and what gets them through the ups and downs. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, and if you don't already, follow my Instagram account at jparkerfitlife for actionable tips daily to live a healthier lifestyle and for access to my YouTube and blog. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, this is Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. My guest today is Dustin on Instagram. He is the macros coach, and so I'll let him go ahead and introduce himself here. Hey, what's up guys? This is Dustin with Macros Coach LLC and macroscoach.com. Uh, been in the industry coaching since uh, June of 2008. Uh, was a personal trainer, started at LA Fitness in uh, the Euless, Texas location. Eventually uh, decided to separate from there and started my own uh, business uh, as of June of August or June of 2010. Um, started doing in-home training for probably about the first year or so uh, with some of the clients that I had at LA Fitness, and then eventually just started training uh, in-person clients at different you know gyms in the area. Then as of uh, January of 2015, business just kind of took exploded online. Um, and ever since then, um, I've been, you know, full-time online coaching. Um, so I don't do anything in person at this time or since then. Um, and that's at that time, prior to that, I was, uh, my business name was actually Texas Elite Fitness. That was my DBA. And when online took off beginning of 2015, I decided to uh, uh, bump it up to an LLC. And that's when the Macros Coach came about. So it's been coaching online full-time since then. Um, and that's kind of a little bit about me at this point. Okay. So how did you go ahead and make that initial leap? Um, obviously the internet has just exploded over the past, you know, five, 10, 15 years. Uh, how did, how were you able to make that leap to make your, your living online? Well, at the end of, uh, I was, uh, doing in-person training at a place called Crucible Fitness. Um, it was this little small private, uh, personal training studio, a buddy of mine, Curtis owned. Um, in the end of 2000, I think December 14th of 2014, that's when his lease was actually due to renew or he was either just going to cancel it out. Uh, but at that time, he decided to uh, basically quit the industry. He had been uh, personal training for over 20 years. He was just kind of one of those old school. He didn't really couldn't um, get. Uh, connect using social media to his mm -hmm. advantage for business. So he eventually, uh, the rent was actually, I think around $6,000. So for him to make any profit, he was going to have to make 6,000 and then plus that mm -hmm. you know, 6,000 just to pay the bill. So his contract was renewing, uh, was coming up. He decided to shut the gym down. It was Christmas time that year. I had just started prepping for the Arnold classic, uh, which was March 6th of 2015. So it was again Christmas time. Um, he shut, decided to shut the gym down. I told the clients that I was working with, "Hey, you know, um, take the month off. Um, it's Christmas time. I'm going to be going on vacation because uh, I always go on vacation during Christmas time." Mm -hmm. um, and I told him, "I, you know, give me a couple of weeks. Let me go find another gym, and we'll uh, we'll start doing some training." Well, January came of 2015. Um, you know, I, I think I signed up like maybe 15 or 20 new clients that month. Then February, it seemed like once February 1st came, that's when everything, it's like the floodgates exploded. Okay. It was, I mean, I was, like I said, prepping for the Arnold Classic. At that point, I started 
as of January 25th, was starting to reverse diet in, at that point. So I was starting to add calories back into my, uh, my nutrition plan. Mm-hmm. And I was eating Chick-fil-A five, six times a day, mm-hmm. Pop-Tarts, you know, the whole, whole nine yards. Because when I got accepted to compete at that show, you know, and got my acceptance email, basically the same around the same date, December 14th of 2014, um, I just was just excited just to be a part of the event. Mm-hmm. So that was my 12th show to prep for. And I, you know, had technically had no expectations at that show. So I did, that was my 12th show to prep for. But my first show to do a full flexible dieting approach, meaning I had tracked my macros prior, but it was always from the so-called clean eating uh, way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was my first way of just saying, you know what, I'm just going to do this as a normal, you know, like a lifestyle, just not even, you know, worry about what foods I was eating as long as it fits my macros. So between that, prepping for that show, people seeing my progress <laughs> online on, on Instagram, Facebook. Um, obviously I was catching people's attention, you know, he's eating Mm -hmm. these foods, but he's still getting lean. He's still getting shredded. Um, so like I said, at at that point, January 25th, I'd been six weeks into a prep. Um, I actually started reverse dieting going in at that point. And I went from 2,300 calories, uh, to about 3,800 calories going into the show. So between all of that, they see in my progress, uh, from, uh, you know, prepping for the show. Um, then I go to the Arnold and I actually placed top five, fifth place in okay. uh, class A men's physique. So at that time, you know, eating that style, you know, that approach, it was kind of unheard of to see if someone get actually stage contest prep ready mm-hmm. and do well, especially on international uh, stage. So I was able to, um, uh, between that, all that, that just obviously caught a lot of people's attention before you know it. I was signing up between a thousand to two thousand dollars a day worth of new clients so and that ha- would happen from um, literally from february 1st all the way to the end of march i mean i signed i made a probably over forty thousand dollars within those two months wow. so of course i was like i've been training clients since 2008 getting up mm-hmm. at four o'clock in the morning and having to train clients literally sporadically throughout the day and sometimes i get home till after 10 o'clock at night so all of a sudden, all this money's coming in, and I'm thinking, well, hey, I don't have to do in-person training anymore. Mm-hmm. So then that's when I developed the brand, the name Macros Coach, you know, changed my DBA from Texas Elite Fitness to uh, an LLC to, you know, Macros Coach, getting it, you know, the name registered. Mm-hmm. I even trademarked uh, Macros Coach. So from that point forward, my online just business took off. So the people I was training as up to December in person, I let them know that my situation and gave them the option of, Hey, you know, either a, um, I can, you know, still coach you, but it'd be versus online. I just write your program out. You'd follow it. You have weekly check-ins, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Or if you really needed the ones that needed one-on-one really wanted that, uh, aspect of training, I recommended them to some personal trainers that I knew in the area, uh, at some local gyms that they were probably, uh, close by to, um, so from that point forward, my online business has just been as, has grown since then. Um, I've been, you know, like I said, full time ever since mm-hmm. July, uh, January of 2015. Um, and that's just how I make a living now, uh, you know, it allows me to, you know, help more people. Uh, but at the same time, give people more of a one-on-one, uh, interaction. I mean, I feel like before when I did in-person training, you know, in nutrition coaching, it was more of just, Hey, whenever I met with them, 
you know, for that hour. You mm-hmm. know, there was two times a week, when there was three times a week, or even four times a week. So generally a session was an hour, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer, just depending on what, what we were doing. But general hour, they weren't getting that full-time coaching right. technically. So I'm able to give that full-time coaching because I'm just a phone call text and email away and you know that as well mm-hmm. um, so it makes it a little bit more accessible for a lot of people um, but I do understand there's a lot of people out there that do you know need that in-person coaching as well um, but you know it just really depends on what works best for the individual but like I said so reason why you back to your question is how I was able to make that leap it's just the business took off it just exploded mm-hmm. and I did eight in 2015 I did eight shows that year I, you know, placed top five with Arnold. Then two weeks later, I did the Phil Heath Classic and got uh, first call-outs, um, which is, you know, where they call out the first uh, set of five or set of eight mm-hmm. through comparisons and go on. But And then uh, two weeks later, flew out to L.A. to compete with uh, one of my clients. He ended up taking overall. And, of course, we were pushing – I was really promoting, you know, pushing the flexible dieting approach, saying, you mm-hmm. know, you don't have to meal prep. You can track as you go. Um, we actually flew out there a week in advance and didn't bring any food with us. We wow. just ate from gas stations. So he goes and takes the overall. So, of course, people see that, you know, a client. I mean, me I did well earlier, a couple of weeks prior. He does well at a show. So that all, you know – and me, me traveling, I was traveling a lot that year. So me being relevant via social media definitely helped boost that business, mm-hmm. you know, and where people were very interested in my programs and how, how was I able to, you know, be successful, um, you know, at what, you know, competing, um, but just, you know, dropping fat while eating certain types of foods mm-hmm. uh, so that was how i was able to transition literally from personal training to strictly online i mean i didn't plan for it mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't i didn't prior to it ha- you know prior to 2015 i never thought of like being full-time online mm-hmm. you know my goal at that time was to open up my own personal training studio and then eventually you know uh, get other cl- trainers to come in and, you know, train their clients and pay a rent fee to mm-hmm. kind of pay the bills. That was my ultimate goal. But at the end of, like I said, 2014, my buddy decided to shut down the gym and it was just around Christmas time, the holidays. So I just, you know, I normally usually, you know, like I said, go out of town and go on vacation. So it all just kind of just, just happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't really have an explanation of, you know, mm-hmm how or why or kind of circumstance uh, but i can just say that you know i was getting ready for the arnold at the end of the year people were just seeing the uh me going from 2300 calories to 3800 calories and going into mm-hmm. the show. so that's how i was able to make the transition is just uh i i think just showing you know how the approach was how it could how it can be how it was able to work mm-hmm. um, you know by you know just keeping your uh, calorie macro intake consistent yeah um, and as long as you know you're you know stay consistent with your intake but also your you know your training and all the other factors that go along with it um you can be successful whatever you want you don't have to restrict yourself if, unless you choose to mm-hmm. but that was more up to that day like because i started competing in 2011 and 
I remember back then, you know, if you did um, any kind of research online about contest prep, it was like, oh, you don't have to track your calories, your macros. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you eat these foods, six meals a day, mm-hmm. every two to three hours, that's all you got to do. And I feel like that's when that clean eating, bro dieting kind of ideology yeah. was starting to, you know, uh, translate on social media. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of flexible dieting was just, especially in 2015, was seriously like still not uh, capable. You weren't, you know, it's just no way you can do that. But me being successful that year competing, and I actually earned my, in June of 2015, I earned my natural pro card. So, okay. you know that so with all that success is how i was able to tra- make that transition so it really wasn't easy or uh, wasn't any uh hard decision <laughs> to transition from there uh because like i said it was uh you know i was used to getting up and having to get up at 4 a.m to train clients at 5 a.m mm-hmm. and sometimes not get home till after 10 o'clock at night so when the opportunity came where i could wake up when i want go to bed when i want travel whenever I want as long as mm-hmm. I have Wi-Fi I can work I can you know work with clients online communicate with them social media um, and of course I have you know phone service you can you know especially the United States and even Canada some parts of Can- people in Canada you can text so mm-hmm. you can have that communication so I was like wow this is kind of cool yeah so um, I was able to you know take advantage of it and you know grow my business to where like I said it's full-time since then um, I've got over 75 active uh, clients and probably about 15 non-active clients um, that I've, you know, consistently flow with. Um, of course, you have some people that drop off and some new mm-hmm. people come on, uh, but I've been able to kind of keep that flow of clientele. Um, so it, it definitely helps, uh, you know, pay the bills and some, because um, at the end of the day, we're all here to make money at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be a six-figure coach. I'm just trying to be a great coach. So yeah, so how are you able? Well, it seems like first of all, to me, a big part of what made you successful is just having that individualized approach and being able to differentiate yourself from the crowd. Like you said, it was at the time a lot of clean eating and stuff like that. Whereas, like you, you have to stick to these foods and you have to eat this certain way. So I think that you branching out definitely is what brought a lot of the attention at first. Uh, So how are how are you able to bring that value and knowledge to your clients in a way that's unique? And why do you think your clients come and or stay with you? Uh, I feel like because of the one-on-one connection, the building a report with people is important. Mm-hmm. Um, not just trying to sell them, uh, you know, a program, but, you know, sell them on, uh, you know, an outcome mm-hmm. of what they can expect for, you know, not only short-term, but long-term success. Um, I feel People don't come to, uh, don't hire a coach or a nutritionist or a dietitianist for a program that they're offering. They hire them because uh, of the coach. Um, they're hiring for someone that's gonna, they're that they're gonna, that they're investing in, mm-hmm. someone that's gonna help build them, you know, uh, you know, and make them, you know, more knowledgeable and get educated. I'm not just here's your plan and go on and, and you know, only hear from them once a week or something like mm-hmm. that. So I feel like building a report with my clients, you know, give them that one-on-one connection um, and always uh, try and uh, keep them educated uh, and informed and always aware uh, of what, when, and why um, has definitely helped me retain a lot of my clients and obviously get new clients. 
Um, I would say probably about 25% of my clients have still been with me since 2015 okay. uh, online wise. I mean, at least 25% I've still been continuing to work with all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've just built a really good report with them. They've always, you know, I've always tried to, whenever they've contacted me, they've, you know, always had, you know, I've always been able to answer their questions, you know, uh, at all times. And, I feel like if, you know, by giving them that one-on-one connection and they feel like they're, you know, they, they're wanted that someone cares about them, um, they're going to stick around. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like that I've, or a reason why I've had success with my clients, uh, is just, I've been able to build a report with them and not just, you know, try to say, here, here's what you need to do and never talk to them again. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, always communicating with them, staying, you know, throughout the week, you know emailing them, texting them, you know, always checking on them to make sure everything's going okay. Um, you know, always keeping them motivated because a lot of people, you know, that don't, I, I work with a lot of people that don't compete, even though I competed over 21 competitions and I do offer contest prep, but most of my clientele uh, doesn't compete. So a lot of them, you know, um, you know, their motivation comes and goes. So mm-hmm. um, being in contact with them consistently, you know, reaching out to them, uh, to check on them, uh, I think definitely helps, um, you know, keep clientele around, uh, because it shows you care. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, I, I, I've heard stories from clients that I've, you know, that I work with, that I work with other coaches that say that they never hear from their coach. They've never mm-hmm. even talked to them. So one thing I've really, speaking of that, one thing I really feel like that has helped me in the last year or so especially the first year of online coaching 2015 I mean clients were signing up like I mean hotcakes Mm -hmm. so I will admit I feel like I took now when I look back at everything that obviously I took on a lot of clientele that was just too much it was an Mm -hmm. overload so basically once someone signed up I would send them their numbers and I would never even I never even reach out to them I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even call them um and if they didn't check in oh well I had, you know, so many people literally signing up every single day, you know, four to, you know, five to 10 people, new clients every day for like, I'm talking weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but one thing I really learned is obviously, you know, you can't necessarily grow a business or continue to grow a business by not having that, you know, any, some kind of interaction. So when someone does, you know, contact me for, you know, you know, coaching, you know, emails me or whatever. Um, I've always, I've gotten in the habit of actually just straight up calling them mm-hmm. and they are 99% are very like surprised that someone is calling them that quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like that's builds a report right off the bat. It's like, Hey man, this person's calling me. We're not even working with each other. And he's already showing me that he's, uh, willing to give me the one-on-one coaching service that he's already, um, uh, uh, advertising on his website. So lately that is, I mean, and I, and I come back and I also, when I first got in industry at LA fitness, I was uh, eventually a training general manager. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to sell personal training. Mm-hmm. I was taught. That's what I, I, I mean, right out of the get go from, you know, first year of training. Right. So I feel like I'm really, if I can get face to face or just talk to somebody, I'm a nine out of 10 closer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, but if I can at least talk to somebody, I feel like, you know, I, 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 especially with my experience over the last 10 years, 
I feel like I, I know how to answer the right questions to, mm-hmm. really, to really sell the value. Cause that's really what you want to do. And what I feel like has helped me uh, be continue to be successful is building that value from right from very get go. You know, like I said, from just uh, picking up the phone and calling them instead of emailing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand there's a lot of people out there that don't want to talk. They want to hide behind the email. Yeah. Yeah. The computer. And I get that. I, I totally understand. But if you don't reach out to them, at least show them that, that uh, connection, mm-hmm. you know, you're, I mean, you, you more likely aren't going to be successful probably signing that person up. So I found myself more successful signing up new clients by just calling them right off the bat because yeah. automatically you, you start to be able to build that value um, and able to sell them on, you know, the outcome and not necessarily just a plan. You know, anybody can say, Oh, here's, you know, a six week plan, go follow it. But that, that is it what's going to really work for that individual? Mm-hmm. Um, so building a rapport with somebody from the very get go has really helped me. Yeah. So switching gears here, uh, you're the macros coach. So explain, uh, explain macros, uh, like you had to, to someone who has no idea what they are. Uh, in a nutshell well macros are short for macronutrients which are key nutrients our body needs for survival which are carbs proteins and fats each one provides a caloric value for example carbs one gram provides four calories for fats one gram provides nine calories for protein one gram provides four calories and for alcohol one gram provides seven calories now generally uh, alcohol is not, you know, required for survival. So mm-hmm. generally contents, we focus on carbs, proteins, and fats, uh, which are again, basic nutrients our body needs for survival, proper cellular function, energy, and bodily functions, period. Uh, explain a little bit more about flexible, flexible dieting and how macros fit into there. Well, flexible dieting is, uh, you know, simply mixing and matching a variety of healthy foods to fit our present macro requirements, which are carbs, proteins, and fats. And where the food comes from is really a personal preference based on someone's goals, limitations, and unique nutritional profile. Um, If someone truly wants to eat sweet potatoes, blueberries, whole grain products for their carbs, that's totally fine. But if someone wants to eat a, you know, sweet, I mean, a pop tart, a donut, maybe some ice cream, or even drink a beer, uh, as long as it fits within the, within the macronutrient requirements, we're allowed to consume it without compromising body composition. Now, with that, flexible dieting is not a free-for-all for just eating whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, basically, we can eat whatever we want, but it's a concept of mixing and matching a variety of healthy foods. And I like to promote more of that 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is more of the 80% or more of your calorie intake coming from high nutrient dense foods and 20% or less coming from low nutrient dense foods. Uh, with that approach, the person's less likely to cheat and binge eat down the road mm-hmm. teaches them not only awareness of what foods they should be eating, but along with how much, uh, in moderation of their fa- along with their favorite snacks. Um, I'm always, you know, because there's no such thing as good or bad foods. It's just a ba- just having a basic understanding of high nutrient dense foods versus low nutrient dense foods, and just creating a balance based on lifestyle and goals. The beauty about it is, you know, it's not your traditional diet approach or you know what most people are accustomed to. 
Um, yes, you can, you know, still follow a macro-based meal plan, uh, but a lot of people at some point want something different, want mm -hmm. something to be able to, you know, they want to go out to, they don't want to go out to eat and grab something to eat. So the beauty about the ideology of flexible dieting, it allows you to be able to mix and match as you choose. So if you want to go out to eat or, you know, uh, have a drink, uh, alcoholic beverage, you can uh, fit it within your macros and kind of like a food puzzle and it can be a part of your nutrition plan. Uh, as whereas the old maybe pr approaches such as, or a traditional approach still these days, like I said, is, you know, a meal plan mm -hmm. uh, sort of restricts you from certain foods and you have to follow certain, you know, to eat the same foods every day. But with the flexible dieting approach, whether you're, whether it's vegan, whether you're keto, whether you're, you know, you 80, 20 rule, I have to mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to me what the approach is, what the person can adhere to, and then to have the basic understanding of energy balance, macros, micros, and even meal timing, if that's the case. Um, but I feel like the idea of tracking macros, um, counting macros, no matter what your uh, approach is, everybody should be tracking. Why do you think that there's an aversion for a lot of people to tracking calories? Do you think it's just people want to be able to eat as much as they want? And so they kind of like those rules where, oh, I'm keto, so I can eat endless amounts of meat and fats as much as I want. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't have to track anything. Mm -hmm. But the body, our bodies do. You know, tracking macros is, is the most optimal way to, you know, keep that consistency you know, keep that, you know, balance. And again, whatever the approach is, whether, you know, what, the, what their limitations are, what their, you know, personal preferences or unique, you know, nutritional profile allows them to eat. Um, tracking macros is to me is it, it, it's common sense. I mean, everything we eat contains a caloric value, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if not, it's not real, you know? Um, so I, 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 when it, so I, I, I just, when, you hear people talk like that. I just, I, it, it baffles me because mm -hmm. I, I just don't, I just don't get it. And, you know, like I just said, you know, when you first said something, you know, people think just uh, because vegetables are, you know, considered high volume foods and they're mm -hmm. such, you know, low carb calorie intake per serving, you shouldn't track them or you don't have to track them. Well, I believe in tracking everything. Um, I feel like, you know, you know, our bodies count it. So why not? Yeah. So why do you think that this is still such a relatively new phenomenon then? And why are there those people that, like you kind of touched on earlier, that are so big on just clean eating and just eating these certain foods and, you know, six meals a day and that sort of thing? Why do you think there's this aversion? I mean, ever, I mean, there's not one way to, that fits all. I mm -hmm. mean, everybody's going to have their beliefs, you know, and what they can, what they adhere to. I mean, um, you, you still have old school dieters, old school bodybuilders, fitness people that are, you know, still push that approach. And, um, I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, it, uh, it just, whatever works for that individual. I mean, uh -huh. and, and I, I feel like that's the beauty about being a, a good nutrition coach is, you know, knowing that, Hey, there's not just one approach that's going to work for everybody. It's, you know, what can this person adhere to? whether it's tracking their macros from whatever food that they choose, or is it, do they need to follow a meal plan, mm -hmm. you know, with set foods to, you know, at least maybe get them started and maybe eventually start tracking down the road. But, uh, you know, there, there's not more, there's more than one way to, to get results. So yep. uh, I feel like that, you know, there's always going to be people on both sides of the fence.
You know what yeah. I mean? You're never going to have a one way. It's, it's never a one way street. It's always a two way street, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, you still have those, uh, people that, that believe in the clean eating ideology where, you know, um, they eat certain foods, uh, eat a couple, uh, so many meals a day and that's how, and they just adjust their portion sizes whenever, based on how they feel. But again, those are the people that don't believe in tracking or don't want to take that time to track or hate mm -hmm. math. You know, there's just those type of people, you yeah. know, that, and, and as long as it works for them and just like yeah. anything, as long as they can, it's maintainable and they can sustain that, um, then I'm all for it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't really care how uh, someone eats uh, at the end of the day, as long as they're, you know, they're happy and they're healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like just like many things in life, there's a lot of routes you can take and get similar good results. I'm sure you exactly. know that. I mean, there's more than one way to count to nine. You mm -hmm. know, one plus eight. You know, mm -hmm. two plus seven, three plus six. So you know, there's there's definitely one way, more than one way to skin a cat. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what are your what are a couple of your favorite? Um, you kind of talked about like you ate a lot when when you're eating a lot of pop darts and Chick Fil A. What a, what are a couple of your favorite macro friendly? or not so macro friendly foods that you'll fit into your diet on a daily or weekly basis? Uh, well, I love Panda Express. Um, they're super macro friendly. Um, you can go to their website, main website. They've got not only the nutrition facts, mm -hmm. but they have exactly what it, the weight it's supposed to be like, you know, for, uh, um, um, orange chicken mm -hmm. for six ounces. Here's the macros, which I love that because, you know, you're, if you don't have a scale on you right then, or if you have to wait till you get home or, you know, cause they're not going to weigh the food out in front of you. Um, it allows you to adjust the quantity and serving sizes, but I love Pan Express. I love Chick-fil-A. I love Wendy's. Um, obviously, uh, non-friendly would be going to the ballparks, uh, mm -hmm. like a, you know, like say a, a football stadium or a rain, uh, baseball stadium or mm -hmm. any professional Sport. Matter of fact, Monday night I went. Me and my girlfriend went to uh, a Texas Rangers. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that Instagram. So I, I, I wasn't gonna be able to track that. There was, mm -hmm. I mean, there was no way. So obviously, those are I can say were non-macro friendly foods. Mm -hmm. But that's what I love about the idea of tracking and intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Is no, you don't have to track everything for the rest of your life. I believe tracking macros helps way to create awareness yeah definitely uh, and over time you eventually kind of learn what your body needs and how much and kind of you know and you get to know what you like i said how you feel mm -hmm. um so that way you know i feel it's the beauty about tracking macros is be able to have those days or times whether you're going vacation um or you know or uh you know just don't feel like tracking mm -hmm. uh, a couple days or need a diet break because sometimes that me even though you're tracking macros and you know eating a variety of food sometimes people need even a, a diet break where they don't track anything for so many mm -hmm. days um i feel like that's where you know the intuitive eating process takes over and you should still be able to still stay on point mm -hmm. uh somewhat and still be able to live a, a normal life without yeah. you know having to worry about you know tracking everything all the time throughout the year yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it just, it goes hand in hand with whatever approach anybody takes. Mm -hmm. I just think that it just, it just takes effort like anything. And do you worry about much about processed foods? Obviously a lot of those foods you include in there are processed. Do you worry about that aspect at all? 
Oh, no. I believe it as long as you have a balanced intake of uh, macronutrients and mm -hmm. micronutrients, there's no problems. And as long mm -hmm. as you have that 80-20, at least 80-20 rule, because um, like I said, flexible dieting is not, a, 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 it should not be used to uh, and meant to be a free-for-all yeah, to just right. eat whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like as long as you have that balance, but no, but I, uh, if you're just eating nothing but pop tarts and processed foods, I don't mm -hmm. think that's obviously healthy because right. based on a, uh, on a micronutrient nutrient value, uh, uh, uh aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, but I think as long as you have a balanced in nutritional intake approach, um, uh, there's nothing wrong with eating some processed foods, mm -hmm. uh, but it's all about moderation. Right. For that's sure. That's really what it comes down to. And, you know, with myself, my current macros are so high just because of over the years of reverse dieting, you know, going mm -hmm. through the, you know, several, uh, reverse dieting cycles. Um, I, I can eat a little bit more flexible than mm -hmm. a lot of people. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, if you, you know, are, you know, have so what they call poverty macros or poverty mm -hmm. calories, you're only able to eat so much. And it doesn't necessarily allow you to eat certain foods because it'll blow your fats way out the door. Yeah. Um, that's why I tell people that's where you have to spend some time, you know, building up a healthy metabolism, utilizing a reverse dieting, you know, approach. Um, so I tell people, if you want some more flexibility, that's what you have to do is get to that point. But if not, you have to learn how to make that balance of based on your caloric intake that you're allowed to eat mm -hmm. uh, based on their goals and, uh, you know, their uh, lifestyles. Yeah. And do you put a big emphasis on that balance between fats and carbs or do you kind of let those fall where they may, you know, are you more specific on that aspect or? I think it really depends. Everything's going to always be depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. um, but for the general, what I think what you're asking is I always try to start clients with once I've determined their protein based on the approach that we're going to adhere to. Um, I usually will split the remaining calories up between fats and carbs. Okay. Uh, and create more of that and, just, and start off with more of a, a balance intake of the macros. And then down the road, depending on progress and, you know, how they're feeling, then that percentage might, those percentages will start to change. Mm -hmm. But I definitely don't set someone's macros based on a percentage. Uh, it's more of, hey, determining what their uh, protein needs to be um based on goals and just kind of um their what their you know past and current dieting history has been mm -hmm. um that's one thing i did how i uh we're all determine uh their protein is based on their past and uh current dieting history always yeah. um and then like i said break down the rest of the remaining calories uh from carb to fat unless they've told me hey you know i work really great with low fats and high carbs Mm -hmm. you know what i mean if that's their history and they tell me that's what works for them then obviously i'm gonna i'm gonna probably set it at a, you know a 70 30 split or an 80 20 split mm -hmm. uh but generally a 50 50 split between carbs and uh uh fats uh at the beginning and then of course down the road as uh based on progress then obviously as adjustments are made you know that that may change um you know i don't mm -hmm. generally just either add if i'm adding or subtracting i may not add and then add fats and carbs they may just be right. carbs at first you know what i mean uh you know like for example i may start with a, just a 10 car 10 gram carb increase mm -hmm. you know, if i need it if i'm if we're wanting to focus on either adding or focus on a reverse diet approach um i'll usually start with like 10 grams of carbs see how their body responds that's only 280 total calories for the week 
mm-hmm. you know, 40 plus per day. So they're definitely not going to gain any fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least allows to see how their body responds and then kind of go from there. Yeah. But I definitely, I definitely believe in starting with at least a balance. In mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different variables. There's, we could go on forever, but, uh, about reaching our time here. So I'll ask you the last question I like to ask everybody. And that is when, you know, you finally come to the day where you're getting to reflect back on your life, uh, you're getting old and gray. What sort of story do you want to tell about your life? And what do you hope the story is that, that others see your life as? That this person helped as many people as he could achieve a healthier, happier lifestyle through quality nutrition and quality exercise. Uh, somebody that really cared about his clients wasn't somebody out there that was trying to, you know, be rich uh, or, you know, drive a fancy car. Mm-hmm. But somebody that was honest, maybe was a little too honest at times, mm-hmm. but somebody that was real uh, and was a, a coach and somebody that, you know, helped people, you know, be better uh, mm-hmm. and improve uh, uh, throughout their life. Not only just in health and fitness, but even in just their personal life. I feel like if you can help someone grow, not just within their fitness, I think that's to me success. Yeah. You definitely. know, seeing something, seeing them succeed, take what basically the, I, the concept of, you know, what you do to help them, you know, that, that, that mindset you get them mm-hmm. to, you know, fo- uh, to, to start thinking how they start thinking, they take that concept and they uh, drag it onto something else in life whether it's their work, whether it's something, you know, family life or, you know, personal, and they improve somewhere in there. To me, that's another way of being successful. And I want to be remembered as, you know, he didn't just help people, you know, with their health and fitness, he helped people throughout their, with their life. And that's what I want to be remembered. as. Very admirable goal. Well, thanks Dustin for coming on today. Really enjoyed having you on. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and give a little outro, let people know where they can find you online? Oh, sure. Uh, you guys can find me on my website at macroscoach.com, uh, or you can find me also at uh, on Instagram, uh, instagram.com forward slash macroscoach, uh, and you can also find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash team macroscoach, uh, or you can also send an email at macroscoach at gmail.com. All righty. That'll wrap it up for today. Thanks again, Dustin. I appreciate your time. This has been the What's Your Story podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, uh, share with family and friends, and leave me a review. I really appreciate any and all feedback. Thanks.